Hey, everybody. Physicists and art researchers stumbled upon an impossible coincidence repeated all over the world. Is plasma proof that we live in an electric universe? And did the stupid ancients know <laughs> the truth about the cosmos millennia before today's scientists rediscovered it? Yeah, well, we'll talk about all of this tonight. Also, a, protect a, a protective Assyrian statue was buried for decades to shield it from war, but it is now uncovered yet again. What strange features did it have that point to an advanced past culture? From strange symbols and magic worship to modern morality and inventions, this Edge of Wonder Live will take you on a deep dive nobody else is going on. So tune in with us, Rob and Ben from Rise.TV to hear it all. We'll see you out <laughs> on the edge. And if you're listening to the Edge of Wonder pod podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or elsewhere, please leave us a five-star rating and review so we can reach more people. Also, remember to like, subscribe, and follow us on YouTube, Rumble, Ganjing World, Twitter, Facebook, you know, everywhere else. You know, things that help us do our thing, you know, <laughs> and stuff. And stuff, yes. How you doing, Ben? Pretty good. How are you doing, Rob? I'm good. I'm excited about this episode because we've yeah. got some pretty weird stuff stacked up here. We sure do. There's a lot to get into, too, with, especially with all this plasma energy and some things that we've uncovered. Uh, pretty, really awesome stuff. So, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> anytime I think probably the most or one of the most mysterious cultures in the world is this Assyrian culture for a lot of different reasons like the more the more that i do broad research on stuff the more that they come up the kind of weirder and deeper that rabbit hole gets and yeah. it's just it's a confusing it's a confusing detail in the history of man today right well, well and also i mean they, they play a big part in edward casey's readings too uh you know it's it's like they it's interesting, exactly. yeah, yeah, how Edward Casey des describes the... Um... Ed Edgar Casey. So did he... What did he say about them? I'm curious. Well, so he was talking about... Well, so uh, granted, you know, the, it's like other people that, that he has that are kind of like under hypnosis and they're all kind of like saying different things. So he, it's like a kind of a collective works of... or. I guess you could say of different people channelings or whatever, Chan not necessarily channeling, just, just more like remembering. It's like, they're going in through like a hypnosis state and they're remembering certain things about past lives or right. certain events that took place. And one of them, uh, they were talking about the original, something like the original five races. And, um, so like some of them are like kind of in between, like, for example, the Lemurians is one of them. And it was kind of like in between this world and their world. So th they were kind of like physically here, but they're more like in like a higher. I don't know what the word. Yeah, density, it's like, like it's like they're level. extra dimensional. Yeah, they're, that, they're that would be a really good way. They can go back it. and forth between the realms, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that that and that that's honestly. I, I mean, like from some of the research that I've done and from even my own experience, you know, it's like everyone's like, where did the Lemurians go? You know, and it's like, yeah, maybe they just kind of like, you know, we're able to kind of go a slightly. Well, a and, bit, and it, you know, it's sort of like the Lord of the Rings where, you know, the elves yeah. take a ship and they enter another dimension and they're in, you know, Valinor. Yeah, the, or the, the white. What, what is it? The White Havens or yeah. the, the White Haven lands. Yeah. Yeah. The Undying Lands of Valinor. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's kind of my understanding of the Lemurians. It, it, it's like they're in this world that's kind of, I wouldn't really call it like heaven, but it, it's definitely in like a, you know, um, a dimension that's that's higher than, than our dimension. And, you know, it's like we they can see us, but we can't really see them unless we kind of cultivate and elevate ourselves to those levels where we can actually well, and, interact. And, you know, yeah, you're reminding me a lot of the, the phenomena at Mount Shasta, because a lot of these beings like people will be walking around the mountain 
they'll see something out of the corner of their eye and then they look and it's not there. Like they'll see full figures walking <laughs> or they'll see the figures and then they try yeah. to approach them and they disappear or something. And it's mm -hmm. like, it's weird, weird. Situation. It is. Yeah. And the Assyrians were, so according to Edward Casey, they're more uh, physically here, you know, not so much like between worlds. Like they were mm -hmm. more like physical beings, but they were just more uh, very wise beings, I guess you could say, that were passing on their culture, which is why it looks like a lot of um, different different groups and different people throughout history have kind of looked looked at them as some kind of like ancient wisdom source or something like that, like right. here, for example, you know? And then the other aspect is the, um, there's, there's does seem to be some connection with Atlantis. So unfortunately, well, okay, we're going to, we're going to get into this, uh, headless <laughs> Syrian statue, but unfortunately it's like all that we we're really seeing are these like bits and pieces of these remains, you know, it would be amazing to be able to like experience this as a whole and really see their culture, you know, what it looked yeah, like. Like when, when did it flourish? I mean, you're talking That's about question. uncovering stone carvings that make it nearly impossible to date. It's true. Like, I don't care what the experts say in this case, because they've just been wrong so much. It's like they're, these cultures are smart. They're carving it in stone for a reason and to make it last for as long as possible. Yeah. And so how, when was this? Like, was it, was it 4,000 years ago? Was it 12,000? Was it, was it 250,000 years ago? Yeah. I, don't I mean, they're saying 2,700 year old statue, but it's like you said, the thing is if this, you know, it's like if you carve something in a piece of stone, they can't really carbon. It's like, well, the stone is like what? hundred thousand years old. <laughs> well, a billion years old. Like, yeah. We do don't really know. So it's, it's like they're using things around it to try to carbon date it rather than the stone itself, because that's, that's a little it, bit that's hard. So irresponsible. Like, yeah. That because stuff around it is, there I mean, could be a totally different thing. Right. And there could be multiple cultures involved. Like this could be, something that's 50,000 years old that has like, you know, been underwater or been buried and then resurfaced by like another civilization 25,000 years later or something like that. Well, and I just kind of use this sexist so. image out that Lindsay has up. <clears throat> uh, no, no, the other one, the one you just had up on the left here. This is the Louvre. Yes, they actually took those statues and then built real architecture around it. That yeah, seems crazy to me. Like, yeah, it's cool. But then aren't we we're like losing half of the sculpture because. Well, maybe there's only half of the sculpture left. I don't know. I don't know how they Assyrians design this, but. Yeah. So what we're looking at is um, so this these statues. So it has the body of a bull, wings of a bird and the head of a man. And the monolithic, um, they, they once like were guardians and supposedly uh, they would be placed at the gates of the ancient Assyrian capital. And oh man, I don't know how to pronounce this. I'm sorry. Dushakurin? Dushakurin. Is that right? That here, Lindsay. <laughs> there you go. It's written down. There you go. Yeah. Okay. For those There's of you. Iraq. It sounds yeah, like a, right, it yeah. sounds like a Street Fighter Two Champion Edition Super Move. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how they'd feel about that in Iraq. Oh, uh, you probably just like offended uh, a lot of people. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe not. They probably been like, yeah, that's cool. So there, yeah, there's so much ancient stuff in in Iraq and. Um, that's also been a very big controversial and conspiracy uh, about all this stuff in Iraq and really some of these wars. And it's like some people say they're about oil, like the really deep conspiracy, quote unquote, is that there was like some kind of stargates that were found in Iraq and ancient. Well, 
Okay, and this this statue that they found is 13 feet by 13 feet. It's 12.5 feet by 12.8 feet, so almost 13 by 13. So we're talking about massive statues. Yeah. I mean, these are big. And, um, you know, the... I think the one of the reasons why I'm so confused about this this culture is I believe this culture was originally the Babylonian culture, right? And the Babylonian culture or the Assyrian culture, you know, they they think Nimrod was a was just like a biblical character, not real, but <laughs> he was definitely real. Yeah, he was. And he was definitely real. And so, mm. I mean, all look at all the symbols in our society from him. I mean, Christmas is upon us, you know what I mean? And it's like so yeah, okay. Those statues are 13 feet tall. We have a they, we have an encounter that the Wanchu citizens have with the Emperor of Qinshi Huang, where he he meets the Wanchu citizens, says they arrive on a shell shaped sh- ship that can travel like 15,000 miles in a day, and they're 10 feet tall, 10, 10, 10 feet tall, and they're and he describes them exactly like those relief statues mm. where they have, their, they adorn themselves with wings and they have, you know, they're, you know, using these pine cone things. What are these things? Are these the like Nephilim? I don't know. I don't even like using that word. Cause I feel like it's too limiting, but it's like, you know, was, was, was well, Nimrod a giant? Was Noah a giant? You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, Nimrod all... was his great grandson. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. What do you think? Well, he was born on December 25th, by the way, because this is his. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. I figured this out recently. What what it was. So, you know, um, it it wasn't necessarily that he was born on the 25th. They were celebrating the winter solstice and the winter solstice fell in the Julian calendar Mm -hmm. on the 25th. So it was all about the winter solstice because like that was the coming back of the sun. Right. Right. right? Well, and that, that, God. yeah. And that's see, see that there was the prophecy of Jesus at that time and who, who wasn't born yet. And so Nimrod's mother was trying to proclaim Nimrod as like the prophecy, you know, it's like, I have, I have the prophesied son, you know, Nimrod, blah, 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 blah. And then, Obviously, I didn't work out, so, and people started know, understanding the truth. <laughs> and then he started; it was like, you know, try to take over heaven, basically. <laughs> I don't want to say too much. I'm, I've already given too much away. But like John and I just did a show on this, uh-huh. and John remote viewed Nimrod, and what he said about him, like, was killing me. It was so funny. <laughs> like, you gotta watch that episode. I don't even want to tell you here because, like, you have to watch the episode. But like, that's cool. He describes this guy that he remote viewed, and I was like, "Wow, this is." It was really, yeah. really funny. I mean, that's where we get John Vivanco, obviously from Metaphysical, the uh, Metaphysical podcast with me. Yeah. But you know, going back to these statues, so you're you were saying they're about twelve, almost thirteen feet tall. Yeah, but they're also almost twenty tons. Twenty tons. Yeah. Like what the heck? Now I, I don't know about this one in particular that that uh, Lindsay is showing right now, but the one that was the uh, that uh, they found, you know. So it, it it's just crazy to think about. Yeah, yeah, and like, so yeah, the bad guy, man. these like looters, basically took the head, and now that yeah. head, instead of putting it back on that statue, the head now sits in the Iraq Museum. <laughs> I don't know why they did that. Like, put the man, head back I- on. I bet they have so much stuff in these museums, especially in Iraq, you know, that, that, that the public doesn't know about. There's probably like underground caves with all kinds of really interesting artifacts. One, it would either like contradict the theory of evolution or prove science wrong about the origin of you know, of where we came from or whatever it is <laughs> or weird artifacts that just do weird things. And we're only probably seeing a tiny, tiny part of it. So. So, yeah, a little bit of background here, too, like this was this was originated in the 8th century B.C. It stood at the 
gates, uh, city gates to provide protection, commissioned under the reign of Sargon II, who ruled from 722 to 705 BC. ISIS captured, now this the ISIS that's mm-hmm. over there right now, captured the Iraq region and waged war on Assyrian artifacts between 2014 and 2017. So they destroyed two of the hybrid monsters in the Mosul Museum. More were also destroyed in the Northwest Palace in this place called Nimrud. It's literally almost exactly like Nimrod, except mm-hmm. it's U-D instead of O-D at the end, which is weird. Well, it could be an, a different way of spelling it depending on yeah. different cultures, too. You know, it's a city. I, I, no, but yeah. it's a, but it, like they named the city after him if yeah. that's what they did. I don't know if they did that on purpose or not. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, look okay. at look how big that is. Yeah, it's really massive. I mean, yeah. And and it's like from, you know, we were talking about the Nephilim or the Giants, you know, whatever you want to say. And, and you know. When you think about a 20 ton rock, but then when you think about like a giant that's like 15 feet tall, I mean, it's not much different than us picking up like a, you know, a boulder, I guess, you know, that we could just kind of pick up or like even like a desk or something like that. Right. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, if you depending have, on how big they were. Yeah. I mean, it's like 15, 20 feet, you have like, couple giants picking up something like that. I mean, it's like, think about a car, right? It's just like, you could just get a couple of them and pick up a car, like no problems. <laughs> yeah. It would be just using your modern tools at that height. Yeah. It wouldn't be that big of a deal. Yeah, you know? no, it really, it really wouldn't be, you know? And, and I think that there, there is a lot of evidence to show that giants did exist. And of course, like, you know, we, we've kind of covered this on a lot of different edge of wonder episodes, but you know, I, my understanding is that um, because science is so prominent right now, it, it's like anything that would prove religions correct. Uh, for example, if we truly knew that giants existed, well, then people would be like, well, oh, wow, this is mentioned directly in the Bible. So, you know, it proves the Bible is real. So therefore, it's like, um, I think science has purposely left these details out so science, you know, it's like you understand. You, so it's like you believe in science and not like whatever religion or faith that you follow. So, right. Sorry, my camera got weird. So, okay. yeah, you know, this um, this statue thing has uh, made an appearance in a lot of pop culture. Yeah, it um, that's true. So the British 10th army, which operated in Iraq and Iran, uh, 1942 to 1943 adopted the Lamassu, that's what it's called, as its insignia. A bearded man with a winged full body appears on the logo of the United States Forces Iraq. So they're using this in their United States Forces in Iraq. Okay. United States Forces Iraq. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they're taking symbolism from the country, but it's strange right. seeing the United States on there. Well, that's what I was a little bit taken back by that. I know. I have to admit, I don't really quite know what that is. <laughs> that's kind of interesting, though. Yeah, and you know, this thing keeps like showing up in uh, in pop culture too. Like it made an appearance in um in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis. Um, Great book. Aslan's Army or whatever. Mm. He appears at the stone table, challenging the White Witch with a great bellowing voice. In the film Alexander in 2004, the Lamassu were seen at the Ishtar Gate in Babylon. Never saw that movie, actually. Yeah. In the Disney film Aladdin in 1992, this is wild. Oh, dude. Lamassu can be found in the scene where Aladdin and Abu wow. enter the cave in the desert to find the lamp. I didn't know. Which means, I, I mean, just Disney, dude. Come on. Yeah, no, like, really. They're just, like, hiding stuff in all kinds Everywhere. of... Ugh. Jeez. Yeah, okay, and then um, this is weird too, Ben. Check this out. In Star Wars, in the Star Wars prequel, Episode Two, Attack of the Clones, Lama a guy Su- named Lama Sue is the name of the Kaminoan cloner who tells Obi Wan Kenobi about Django Fett, Django Fett being Django Fett. the clone army's template. But what's and weird Lama about Su- that is they're they're calling this dude Lama Sue, which sounds very similar to Lama Sue. And I mean, think about all of the like 
conspiracy theories that this race, this Assyrian race, had cloning abilities and were doing all of this. Yeah, I know. Wow. Yeah, that's definitely not an accident in in that case. And um, I think it was, I thought thought it was a woman, actually. Well, I guess it's hard to say, this alien creature. But, you know, that's also been uh, like the tall whites, you know, like the, yeah, the, 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 it's kind of interesting. Exactly like those things. Yeah, that, that's also with the Star Wars episode too. That's also been one of those things that, that keeps coming up about the tall whites and how what they look like. And honestly, and it's like the because in the Star Wars, it's they're literally like you know they're tall. They're like eight feet tall, and and it's just it's like George Lucas get this from somewhere. <laughs> yeah and so for everyone at home that's watching ben and i did a scorcher of an episode back in 2018 or 19 that was all on uh alien races where yeah we cover all these actually ben i was like cleaning the other day and i found a yeah. notebook with a bunch of those drawings some <laughs> of them are missing though like yeah. this one with the spider guy that he's missing i can't find him but a lot of them like i found that syrian one there's a few others there's a bunch of others in there that i found yeah. yeah, I still get people tell me this is how they found us. Actually, it was through these episodes. So they were like, they were really good. So, so the tall whites are a species of alien, supposedly. Yeah, th- they are. Um, the, the, they're different from like the 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 blonde Nordic race, supposedly. Like the blonde ones are just like you know regular. They look regular humans, really fair skin really beautiful the tall whites supposedly are more like alien ish looking kind of like mm. kind of like what we just saw with the star wars uh what you yeah. just showed that, that, yeah. that that's very similar and in fact the other thing that they show up in is ai um the movie um by with steven spielberg with the um steven spielberg dude. yeah yeah uh, He's like the, the, the king of alien like close encounters of the third kind is like <laughs> Right. I mean, AI, artificial intelligence with uh, the kid that plays uh, Sixth Sense. I can't think of his name off the top of me. Haley, Haley, Joel Osment or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. So at the end of the movie, it's a very similar kind of race that shows up. So. Wait a minute. We have to do a a trailer, trailer. right? Yes, we do. When we come back, we're going to get into the electric universe and it's going to be electric. That was the worst transition <laughs> I've ever done. It's electric. Now I'm double gunning. Go ahead. <laughs> Hidden beneath the Sphinx, there are whispers of a secret. Tucked away in Antarctica, far from the modern world, are ancient monuments and classified military operations. Pyramids found all around the globe may be covering up more than the ancient civilization of Egypt. But go back, back all the way to Atlantis. What if we uncovered the truth about ancient Atlantis, Antarctica, and Egypt? and how their secrets may change everything we think we know about history. Advanced technology, psychic predictions come true, a Nazi search, and pyramid. Hollow Earth, warm oases, secret military operations, and pyramids, sacred geometry, the Sphinx's hidden treasure, elongated skulls, and the most famous pyramids of all. What do the secrets of our past mean for humanity today? Find out in Edge of Wonders series, Ancient Civilizations. Right. Welcome back. 
rise.tv. Uh, ben, you want to talk about that trailer for a moment? Yeah, yeah. So um, that so we have so many series that we've done. That one specifically, um, Ancient Civilizations and Atlantis, all, only on Rise.TV. So what you're watching is our live show that Rob and I do uh, two two times a week, and then we have our really well produced show that um, kind of is what Edge of Wonder is about. Um, when those are on rise.tv. Also, we are publishing things on our YouTube platform now, uh, Rise TV official, uh, kind of keep under the radar there. But um, yeah, so you can find all of these episodes and so much more that we have done uh, over, over <laughs> that on It looks rise. like Arnold Schwarzenegger in a bad wig. <laughs> it does. <laughs> He's like, it's me, I'm in Atlantis. Come and see me. <laughs> Get to the chopper. Yeah. They all had my accents here. This is the most advanced accent in the history of man. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway. Pretty funny. Yeah, you stuff. got those are those are good episodes for sure. All of yeah, our civilization are. stuff. And we've got tons on there um like that, you guys. <clears throat> All right, yeah. So uh the electric universe. Saturn myth. So Ben, you've been kind of looking into plasma for a while, haven't you? Yeah. I, I have, you know, in in like realistically, they call um plasma. So it's interesting because it, it's kind of left out as a basic state. So you have the three it's states considered the fourth state, right? Yes, it's considered the fourth state. So like the other states is like liquid gas um solid, solid and then the fourth state is plasma and realistically like 99.9 percent .9 of the universe is made of plasma which isn't really talked about too much and i mean we're going to get into like all the nuts and bolts of this and kind of explain things but almost like in a nutshell so so okay there is this book that came out thunderbolts of the gods um, yes. by David Talbot and um, Wallace Thornhill. And David Talbot wrote the Saturn myth. Yes. So, which is a really David, hard to find book. <laughs> David Talbot is like, wow, he's like a OG of like yeah. information. Yeah. Yeah. And In terms, like, this guy was way ahead of almost everyone. Like all the, all the people yeah. that everyone considers great conspiracy theorists of our time all got their stuff from David Talbot. A lot of them. Yes. It's, a lot it's of them like David Icke, um, especially yeah. a lot of his stuff is, uh, has been taken from David um, Talbot. And he is, so this, this book, the Saturn myth, uh, this is the one that's really hard to find. It's out of print. Dude, uh, it's, I, it's I have not a digital only yeah, well, the we, digital copy is only like nine ninety nine, but the, yeah. but the like, if you want to get it in print, it's like twenty six hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like over two grand. It, and it really does a good job of breaking down, um, you know, like Saturn from from the way we understand it. But what's what's fascinating about this book, Thunderbolts of the Gods, is that they the they don't they're not really doing these experiments. But they're, it's like they're compiling experiments done by actual real scientists who have a different opinion about right. our understanding of the universe mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and including the Big Bang and how they um, this guy specifically, Anthony Peratt, he's a physicist and um, he's he wrote a few books, actually. And one of the book he wrote was. I can't remember the exact name of it, but it's something like the myth of the big bang or the big bang didn't, didn't happen, which is extremely controversial. And you're going to get targeted for that. Yeah. Which, which in, 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 but his point is the fact that it, it just doesn't make sense, but looking at it from like the plasma aspect, um, it's like everything is connected and that's where you kind of get the electric universe kind of coming in. And, um, and how um, with, 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 it's like, you know, the sun is made, it's just plasma, right? Like everything, I mean, from that's what electricity is. 
our bodies have plasma. The, the, the Aurora Borealis is plasma. That's what we're, it's like, we, you can physically see it at that point. And, um, so what his main theory is that it's not necessarily gravity that holds the universe together, which this goes against, you know, all these physics. Now it's actually plasma that holds it together. And gravity is just like a, an element of that. Now, what's really super fascinating is that Tesla came to these conclusions in the 1800s. <laughs> yeah. Late and, 1800s, early 1900s. Yeah. And he was literally all his experiments, Tesla's experiments were, were like the Tesla coil, like all of this was dealing with plasma and manipulating plasma and, and gravita the gravitational field of these things. And some people believe that Tesla actually created a time machine. And because at one point there's a quote that says something like he can see the past, present and future, like simultaneously or something like that. And that's what people think that the Tesla coil that he was inventing might've actually been some form of time machine where maybe he couldn't physically go into time, but he could like visually see it almost like on a screen and see so like chronovisor stuff like yeah 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 i mean that that's been one of the big theories about tesla for a long time and whatever you know the fbi confiscated all his files and to this day they haven't released everything so but one of the main things he was working on was the tesla death ray <laughs> which is just plasma energy. <laughs> it's like focusing plasma energy. And he was trying to get governments to build it in the, um, prior to world war two, it would be like world war one. No, no one wanted to build it. Everyone thought it was just this like science. Oh, they, they, oh, we don't want to build it. And then DARPA was like, can I have that file? <laughs> That's exactly what happened. <laughs> DARPA was like, it's like a hundred years later, DARPA's like, oh, that. Yeah. we should build this. So yeah, it's like all of these experiments is dealing with plasma energy. And, you know, so Rob, I'll, I'll let you like get into like the nuts and bolts of this, but I'm just kind of giving some backstory here. But you know, another theory has been um, like any kind of like fairies that we see or interdimensional beings. Um, plasma seems to be a main element of being able to travel from their space into our space. Mm. And, um, you know, and plasma is kind of like a general term of just like electric energy in general. But, yeah. um, you know. Yeah, I think that's I think that's that's it basically is is that. So magnetic fields are caused by moving electrical charges, right? Mm -hmm. And magnetic fields are everywhere from the scale of particles up to the scale of planets. And, and so Ben referenced this Thunderbolts of the Gods by David Talbot and, and Wallace Thornhill. We're going to go into a little bit of that. So uh, the importance of plasma is kind of what we're going to talk about right now. And plasma mm -hmm. can self-organize into cells of differing electrical characteristics electric currents in plasma form filaments that attract each other at long distances and repel each other at short distances now follow me for a sec okay these filaments tend to braid themselves into ropes that act as power transmission lines with virtually no limit to the distances over which they can operate meaning these plasma particles could conceivably be connected from across the entire universe the entire universe. Yeah. 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 And, and this is where like the, you could say like the electric universe or the holographic universe kind of comes into play where, where it's like, um, you know, one thing affects something else like simultaneously, right. like super far away in, in the distance because it, it's all interconnected. Yeah. And, and, there, and um, you know, physicists that deal with um, theory call this string theory. I yep. think it's called. Is yeah. that right? Th that's exactly what 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 we're talking about at this but, point is the string theory. Right, but they're but, not calling it plasma. They're trying to work yeah. it out via gravity and all of this like boring physicist Jargon. stuff that doesn't get into the actual like root of what's going on. Which I think this is kind of telling us. Okay. Right. Exactly. So, and yeah, and I think oh sorry, but I think the main point okay. is that they are 
they're afraid of us to know fully what is going on, right? It's like, well, the big, just the big bang theory, you know, but then it's like, well, okay, even if that's true, there's got to be something before the big bang to cause the big bang. You just can't have something forming out of nothing. You know, it's like, there has to be uh, some kind of action to cause that at least. Sure. So, 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 you know, and that, that's why um, there are these physicists out there that are like, yeah, it just doesn't make sense when you really start dissecting it and start thinking about the universe in a, in a different quote unquote space, you know, no pun intended. Right. There. Right. <laughs> okay. So, so going, going. <laughs> yeah, going along with this um, in the rarefied plasma of space, the subtle flow of electricity is not easily measured, but these currents leave a definitive signature, a network of magnetic fields fields throughout the observed universe. Astronomers detect these fields, but give no attention to the electrical cause. Magnetic yep. fields are produced only by electricity. The complex mag magnetic fields we observe are evidence that plasma is carrying electrical energy across galactic and intergalactic space, powering secondary systems, including galaxies, stars, and planets. So this stuff is like way more important than anyone like that. Our common, like everyday physicists are, are like not talking about. Exactly. So, yeah. Ex exceedingly subtle charge imbalances across the immense volume of space are quite sufficient to configure and animate cosmic structures at all scales of observation, meaning whether you're in the, the, the microscopic or the macroscopic, right? Like tiny particles mm -hmm. or massive particles like planet-sized particles, whatever you want to call them. Right, exactly. Okay, the, the reason for this is simple. The electric force is how do i say this exactly 10 10 to the 39 times. 10 to the 39 right. times 10 to the 39 <laughs> times which is a thousand billion 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 times more powerful than gravity what right because gravity is actually very very extremely weak and i mean real realistically you know now like you could argue that with the black hole but again it's like they're looking at it from the point of view of only gravity, you start adding these other factors, including dark matter, which we haven't even like, right. like touched, you know, because they don't really fully understand what dark matter is. Dark matter is, in essence, it, it it's not affected by gravity or anything else it, or light, you know, it, it's just it, it, it's in its own space. And that they can't really break it down. And I think it's because we're only looking at it from this one dimension. When you start looking at these things like plasma and the sun and all these different things, it's like, wow. You know, when you start thinking about the multi-universe or multiple dimensions that exist simultaneously, then it's like you start wondering how these things manifest yeah. in other in other dimensions, which then changes everything we understand about physics in this reality. It's, it, it gets even crazier than that. All right. So I was off a billion. So it's actually <laughs> 10 to the 39 times, a thousand billion, 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 billion times more powerful than gravity. That's we're talking about electric force, like yeah. electric force that we we experience every day. OK, so contrary to popular belief, nature does not rely on the trivial, triv trivial, weak force of gravity to do the really big jobs in the cosmos. Now, what does that mean? For us, okay, why is it that science is always pushing gravity and mass to be able to create things like black holes or or um, the Einstein-Rosen bridge? Right. We're talking about natural phenomena around us being so powerful that it could potentially create those circumstances for these types of portals. This is why they don't want us to know that. This is exactly. why they're not focusing on electromagnetics. Okay. To be fair, they do focus on electromagnetics as a part of their of their work, but well, not and actually nearly as important to them as it is here. They're always focused on gravity, yeah. right? Yeah, and actually, you could argue this is what CERN is doing behind closed doors. Ex yes, because that that's essentially what what the particle accelerator is. It, it's literally using plasma 
And, you know, there's all these theories and, and the conspiracy that they're opening these portals, you know, but it's like, well, how would they open portals? Well, literally using plasma and focusing that energy, changing the gravitational waves around it, using that plasma. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you can see into other dimensions. Because it's and, super easy to do that with electromagnetics. It's it, and, like electromagnetics is the key. This is why Tesla yeah. was like, his mind was blown and he was like, I can do anything with this. Exactly, exactly. And, and why I think they're trying so hard not to have us research this not to have us like understand these things because plasma is everywhere if i mean like dude tesla invented this in the 1800s just using like copper wires <laughs> so, so it's like you know if you it's like wow all you need to do is just harness the energy of of lightning you know of, if you yeah, if you were right. able to do that you could you could figure that out and that's how tesla was able to develop his tesla death ray so I, I mean, and this, this is where it gets crazy. So, um, but like what you just said, you know, plasma's all around us and then it could literally open these portals. Like, and, and so I think a lot of these things that we're ex experiencing these like interdimensional beings, whether it's like Bigfoot, dogmen, all these like cryptids and whatnot, you know, it's very possible that these things are existing in another dimension and either they understand that technology on the plasma or it's just like the right conditions are forming you know and that could be also explaining what the uh, bermuda triangle is too just like these random yeah like converging of some kind of plasmic energy that is like opening these portals randomly and then like a plane is just happens to just like fly through right at that moment you know so well and it okay and we're talking about states of matter right so yes there, were, there was gas there was liquid there was solid and then we're talking about plasma plasma literally is the is connected intrinsically with electromagnetics so you could almost mm -hmm. say electromagnetics and plasma are kind of the same thing they're what cause plasma right so yeah. That's yeah. Crazy. I mean, yeah. So, so like in a matter of speaking, so like the, the, the levels would be like, a, like you have an ice cube. Let's just use this as an example, right? You have an ice cube that's in a solid state. You melt it. It becomes a liquid. You heat it up. It becomes a gas. Then it's like you would, you would then heat it up to like 2000 degrees where it's like then those particles get separated from it completely and then that's where it turns into plasma mm -hmm. so um but you know and then, and then essentially it's like you know that, that's where fusion potentially could come from and you know why we don't have fusion technology already is just beyond my comprehension except i just think it's it's again it would be like free energy i mean the sun is just a fusion star i mean that's all it is it's yeah, like sure. never ending form of electricity or um energy that we could easily harness but we're not because it is free and, and tesla figured all this out <laughs> that's, the, that's the insane thing about it so okay we're gonna we're gonna have to, Lindsay, can you play can you show that again um, we, we should read that and then we're gonna go into our next trailer here so um Oh yeah. So, so this is kind of what I was saying, just as a liquid with boil changing will boil. into, Oh, will boil changing into a gas. When energy is added, heating a gas will form a plasma, a soup of positively charged particles, ions and negatively charged particles, electrons. So, um, yeah. So basically the electrons and from the negative ones and the, and the, um, positive ones are just completely separate. And then that that's essentially what happens. And that's, um, you know, and then coming into electricity, you know, and this, uh, it's just, it, it's just all connected and it's so, yeah. it's pretty amazing actually. And it's, you know, we learn about this stuff in school, but we just learn like the basic, basic stuff. Yeah. And it's like, yeah wish we could take it to the next level yeah <laughs> science like yeah science teachers are really good at keeping it you know pretty so basic true. basic enough for you to be bored in science class yeah you know all right so we got to show another trailer and then when we get back we're going to be talking more about 
all the super fascinating connections with ancient symbols found all over the world to plasma. Yeah, your minds are going to be blown in this next segment, so stay tuned. The TV is biased and chaotic. The movies are cliche and boring. The Matrix is taking over. Where can I find some good entertainment for goodness sake? Well, look no further. Get our streaming platform, Rise.TV, for 25% off. Hundreds of videos, positivity, humor, and deep dives into mysteries and metaphysical topics. What more could I ask for? Want to hear the truth about Bigfoot? Near-death experiences? The evils of communism? Ancient civilizations? And supernatural things? Rise.TV has you covered. I used to be sad, lonely, and depressed. Not anymore. You'll love interacting with awesome people on Rise.TV. There's so much to watch. Ben and Rob are great. Those guys always make me forget the world is falling apart. Subscribe to Rise.TV yourself or give your loved ones the gift of true, uncensored information. For the holidays, the yearly subscription is more than 25% off. That's just $7 a month. I want Rise.TV for Christmas. That was a good one. <laughs> it's the first time I've seen that. Right. <laughs> that was awesome. By the way, I like the new logo. Oh, yeah. The new Rise, Rise TV logo. It's a little UFO next to it. Yeah. You know, I did like, um, did I show you all of them yet? No, you haven't shown me. Oh, that. I just saw that. It. I was like, wow, that's really cool. I like that. I did versions of the new Rise TV logo starring Bigfoot, starring the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> I've got like all kinds of fun stuff going on with the new logo. You guys are going to love that. And Great if you want to get that 25% off discount, that starts on Black Friday, 2023. Yes. Yeah, so this week, this Friday, Black Friday, you we're starting our annual holiday deal where you get a discount for your yearly Rise.TV subscription. So if you're out there, you love what we're doing, and you want to jump on board for a year, we would love to have you. We're going to have a great time this year in 2024. Um, and this is the time to join. I mean, we're giving you guys a huge deal during Christmas. So come come hang out with us. 2024. When you said that, I was like, what the heck? <laughs> I'm like, whoa. It has been. I remember high-fiving you in 2008. So I don't know what's going on here, you know? Holy cow. We had somebody ask if they can gift a subscription to their friends and family. Yes, you can. Email us at help at rise.tv and we'll help you out. Thank you, Lindsay. Help you out. All right. Okay. This is nuts. Yeah, this is where it gets nuts. So plasma discharge inscribed on stone. Anthony Peratt is a physicist with expertise in plasma. He spoke to the authors of this book. Okay, this is Anthony Peratt here. Yeah, Peratt so the book the book we're talking about is the um is is the one about the Thunderbolts the, of the, the God. Yeah, it's the one we were showing earlier. Yeah, and this is I mentioned him earlier. He's the one that has the book that's titled something um the Big Bang didn't happen or something to that extent, which sent shock waves into into the world of physicists and um, scientists alike. And they've really chastised him as like, he has no idea what he's talking about, even though he did the experiments himself. So that's, that's what's fascinating about this. This is so crazy. All right. This guy Pratt became intrigued by the striking similarity of ancient rock art to plasma discharge formations. Yes. Suddenly he was seeing carved on stone by the tens of thousands, the very forms he had documented in the laboratory. The correlations were so precise down to the finest detail that they could not be accidental. The artists 
were recording heaven-spanning discharge formations above them. So everyone thinks that these are like these ancient symbolism. They call it like the squatting man. It's some dude yeah. squatting and all of that can you, stuff. Can you zoom in on those, Lindsay? I think they're, they're um, pretty blurry here, but basically like this one actually, down I have center I have is a, pretty good. I have a link for you, Lindsay. Here, let me, let me put it in here on this doc so you can click on that link to show them a little better. <clears throat> okay, so Pratt's team gathered 25,000 rock art images in the American Southwest and Northwest. While the recorded formations correspond to nothing visible in the heavens today, they accurately depict the evolution of plasma instabilities. Peratt reports that some 87 different categories of plasma instabilities have been identified among the archaic petroglyphs, and there exists nearly none whose whole or parts do not fit this delineation. Look at yeah. how close so that is. So what we're seeing on the left is the actual experiments that they were doing with plasma uh, and like a microscopic aspect of it. And then what you see on the right is, is, is the famous like squatting man drawings. Now, what's fascinating about it is that they're found in all different cultures all around the world in different time periods and collectively geologists, scientists, historians, I mean, they, they've just kind of called them rock art or something. And, and they've just, they, they never really had an, an official explanation for them. Um, and now, you know, he's finding the similarities and he's not trying to say, this is it. Like I figured it out. It's just like, this is really, really fascinating data that I'm getting with this. And we should actually take this seriously but no one in the scientific community wants to look at it now. Yeah. Okay. So examples of the squatter man figures with twin dots or circles of the left and right from the American Southwest. So these are all of those images that you're seeing right here. And people often think that they're, they're just people, people doing different things, right? Yes. I have a theory about this, but we'll go through the rest of this and then we can kind of share about it a little bit, maybe even mm -hmm. on rise. All right. So, a plasma instability found globally in rock art is a stick figure with a circle or a dot on each side of the torso, which we were just explaining. In plasma experiments, this squatter man configuration, as it's called, appears when a disc or donut-like torus is bent by magnetic fields induced by the current flow. From the viewpoint of the observer, the edges of the upper disc may appear to point up, forming arms, and those of the lower torus may appear to point down, forming legs. The underlying hourglass pattern, with many subtle variations, occurs around the world. Virtually all of the variations in the ancient drawings correspond to known evolutionary aspects of the basic plasma form. It is mm -hmm. unlikely that this torus would have always been visible, and a great number of squatter man rock art images do not display the two dots or spheres, also, the warping of the upward and downward extremities of the hourglass form can occur in almost limitless variations. All right, now, I here's what do you think? I mean, do you want me to tell you what I think about this, Ben? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I already kind of explained it for. Yeah. So, what, what, what do you? I mean, yeah. We'll we'll, right. we'll kind of have a discussion on this. Yeah, because this is super, a very, very super advanced civilization yeah. goes belly up. The the civilization gets annihilated by a cataclysm. Mm -hmm. Some of the scientists find themselves escaping into caves. And they're there in these caves and they're like, how do we in the simplest form share our technology with future generations? and not lose this knowledge because it's about, we're about to be in an actual like caveman stage. Like this yep. is going to be lost. We have no tools <laughs> to write. So they find a way <laughs> to record the, the foundation of their technology onto the cave drawings <laughs> and it stays up there for thousands of years. I think that is, an incredible theory and, and, and we're actually, looking at this dude we're yeah. looking at this like these are cavemen they don't know what they're drawing and all of this stuff yeah yeah exactly and it's the exact opposite and exactly and when you 
when you watch Graham Hancock's um, Ancient Apocalypse series, you know, I mean, that that's the conclusion that he makes with a lot of these sites because it's 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 like okay, there's some kind of like disaster like looming. What? How can we communicate to a future civilization where, where there's a massive language barrier? Right? I mean, it's not even the same language. You can't like just draw some. You're like write down something, right? So like the main things you would use is the stars, right? And, and what you understand, what you know, and the, the human body, what, what, whatever, it, whatever it takes to get that message out. So I, I think you're, I think you're onto something here. I think that, that they're, they were trying to say, this is our, it may not even be the essence of the technology, but just like the essence of life, the essence of like what, how we understand life, how we understand the universe and, you know, and I think that you have people like Tesla and probably a lot of other people out there that just aren't public or aren't made popular by science or in the media who, who do understand these things and are looking at this. And, you know, it's like, hey, we should actually take a look at this stuff because there could be something here. And that's what Graham Hancock's point is, is that, you know, it looks to him, these ancient civilizations are relaying a message about a warning of a catastrophe that could happen if we don't change or do something, you know, and it's like, Hey, if we follow this path and at least understand the messages that they're trying to send us, then it's like, if there is some kind of catastrophe, then it won't be as bad if we're actually paying attention. So that's, <clears throat> that's pretty amazing actually. And I, I would definitely say the same thing. Um, you know, now that you said that, it's like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And well, and it, what's what's crazy is that these are in all different civilizations found on the found because, all over the planet. Ad, it's because Atlantis was the entire. It wasn't just one place. They keep looking yeah. at this like one place that it could be. When I think that we're talking about a massive global civilization with highly advanced technology that gets ruined by the by the by the flood right? Thousands of years ago, some people mm -hmm. survived. Yeah. And you yeah. know, what are you doing while you're in that, while you're like surviving that, you know, you're looking for, I mean, gosh, I, I, I mean, it makes so much more sense that, that, that would mean something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too is Lindsay had these, uh, Lindsay, I think you're about ready to show it right now. It, 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 this is also, um, plasma energy and when you start looking at it they literally look like galaxies yeah, these are simulations galaxies. right the, the, this is these are all tests done with different plasma um studies and they 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 come out in these patterns they look and like cosmoses dude exactly so taking a step back you know if you were to like zoom out the cosmos it's like this is, I mean, it's all plasma. It comes back to the aspect of plasma and how everything is connected. And then you start looking at our bodies. So it's like you can zoom out from a macro perspective. And when you zoom in from a micro perspective, then it's, you start looking at it and it's so similar. Like the, the way the universe looks from a micro or macro perspective is just how our human body looks from a micro perspective. So all of these things are happening in our bodies and especially our brain and the neurons and, and the pathways that, that exist. And then you start thinking about how the, the universe is connected and this, these energies that we can't really see directly, but it is connected to the universe. And I think this is in a sense, this dark matter because they're like, wow, the universe is actually expanding, which goes against everything that science knows. And it's expanding at a faster rate and they can't understand why that is happening. And, and I think that on a deeper sense, this stuff is all alive and it's because we don't understand these other dimensions that are all connected and it's having an effect on our bodies and it's also having an effect simultaneously in the universe. And speaking of having an effect in your body, like Lindsay, pull that image up again. That one you just yeah, had up. This is that really looks like a, that looks like a pelvis and mm -hmm. like 
a rib cage of a being or something like yes and a and a, and a spine like this is the, like is are we being are we reflecting some yeah. type of vibrational deeper cosmic understanding just in our bodies like is you know it's well, like and- this is mind-blowing yeah, it is. And I, dude, sorry, you're, you're just like, as you're speaking is like so much is coming to me. This is what I believe is me- what meditation is doing, right? I mean, you could almost look at this as like somebody meditating and this is literally the energy that is developing inside of our bodies. What And, and like I'm saying meditation, but it can also be as same as prayer, right? You're You're in a sense of deep state of like, either like being one with God or praying to God or trying to connect to the divine, our bodies are naturally going to change, which makes sense since the universe is an aspect of God, how it would connect. Right. And so as we like meditate in prayer, we are literally like our bodies are changing to become closer to what the universe is. And another aspect looking at that could be like the Tesla coil. It also reminds me of that. And I think Tesla had all these ideas and he was looking at it from different perspectives. And it wasn't, he wasn't just coming at it from a scientific perspective. It's like, he's like, I know nothing. So let me just explore every aspect of this, (laughs) you know, like coming at it from all angles. And therefore it's like, he was able to develop things that no one else can but I mean, he was also saying that he was just getting these ideas and it's simultaneously you have um, a Thomas Edison and I was reading about Thomas Edison. It would take him like he would just be up for like a whole week, like racking his brain, trying to come up with one concept. And then meanwhile, like Tesla's over here, like already has like a million ideas written down that just like naturally just came to him. <laughs> Tesla was totally like he was just synced up. Yeah, I mean, so he was um, locked in, hundred <laughs> percent. Which is why he was so jealous of uh, of Tesla because he he, Edison, he couldn't yeah. Edison. Yeah. So anyway, you know, and it's funny. It's like it's it's a shame because Edison had so many skills himself. It's like, dude, you don't need to be Tesla. Just be yourself. Well, he you mostly know. stole Tesla's ideas anyway. Well, so well, yeah, really but he had that. his own. He had his own stuff going on too like he did a lot of amazing stuff with ford and he was he had like you know edison was an interesting guy like he was aware that there were things going on with the human body that we could not understand did you know that edison used to when he was having trouble with something he would sit down in a chair and he would put a ball in his hand and he would sit in the chair with his with his hand resting on the arm and he'd put something like a a pan or something below the ball. Mm -hmm. And so when he got tired and was just about to fall asleep, the ball would fall and hit the pan and he would wake up. But what happened is in the hypnagogic state between him falling asleep and the ball hitting that all of this, like new crazy information would come in from the hypnagogic state that he was in. So he was learning to like, try to gain extra information from understanding like that the hypnagogic state when a human being is between sleep and um yeah and wake you're you know you're you're getting a lot of extra i mean he he was an interesting guy he i mean he was to an extent i i I still don't like edison just because they 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 conspired against tesla and stole tesla's ideas and then you know he was works in history he was doing let's see wait well i forget so tesla did the um the uh alternate currents and then he did the direct current and and, yeah. and then at the end it just it wasn't working and so they you know they had to use teslas yeah i'm oh, not defending yeah. edison I'm, <laughs> no, just, I'm just saying don't don't use that as an excuse not to look into some of the stuff that this guy was doing true i mean he was he was he was a genius in his own in his own right you know he's the just different he was just no one he no was, one is like tesla no one no that's the thing and, and the, the other aspect is was edison was really about the money aspect you know it's like wow i want to yeah. invent he wanted to invent things but he also wanted to make money about it tesla was really just doing it for it's like i don't know why i just feel like i need to make this you know and he was just like just doing it for just just to help the human race i I actually just kind of thought edison was a was just a douche for a while until i started looking into some of this other stuff and i was like wow there 
the, I think a, a bunch of different people had stuff going like Benjamin Franklin as well. Like this guy was like, oh, yeah. I think ultimately a knucklehead. But then if you look into some of the stuff that he was doing, <laughs> there's there's some weird stuff you can find that <laughs> you know what I mean? True. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Benjamin Franklin had like had the, the really first spy of the United States, right here. Yeah, probably, probably. <clears throat> All right, wow, this was a awesome conversation. Uh, this was great. Let's see, we're gonna have to jump over to Rise.tv where we can continue this conversation. Yeah, get into a little bit more symbolism stuff if we have time. We're also going to answer your questions um, that we have on our live Q&A that you guys asked in the live chat or the chat that we have on Rise TV. And of course, we're going to close with a meditation slash prayer that we do every Tuesday. So come over and join us on Rise.TV where um, you can support what we do and let us keep doing these shows that you know, obviously the censors don't want you to hear. So. Yeah, we have a lot of fun with you guys and we have an awesome community over here that you guys can hang out with. It's hard to find a really cool community um, these days where like you have like minded people where you can bring stuff up uh, without fear of 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 getting lambasted. Um, <laughs> so we have a, a pretty awesome community over here uh, where everybody is just super positive. Um, also a hard thing to find these days and just, yeah, tons and tons of videos and content. Um, but yeah, Ben, thanks, um, for everything, this show, we're going to head over to rise.tv right now. And, uh, we hope you see you guys over there and don't forget starting this Friday, we've got our, um, yearly holiday special, uh, to get you guys a subscription at a discount for the entire year. So don't forget to jump onto that. All right. And this trailer is for the episode that's premiering this Thursday, Thanksgiving. Oh Yeah. A heart patient, another dimension, and rap sensation Kid Cudi combine in a miraculous story. An unseen helping hand alerts a woman right before a dangerous near-death experience. Unexplainable winter survival stories see more than one woman frozen solid and then return from the edge of the grave. An eating disorder recovery, a near-death experience, and an impossible sign from heaven change a skeptic's heart. Miracles, amazing supernatural events, astonishing brushes with death. They were said to be just stories. But these real-life experiences prove there's more to this world than meets the eye. Want to feel hope and Christmas cheer? Join Edge of Wonder for Christmas miracles and near-death experiences.